Okay, Tzorayim Tov, we uh, continue in the Haggadah with the commentary of the Masanisim of Rabbi Yaakov of Lissa. And yesterday we discussed uh, <clears throat> the words that we originally were idol worshippers, and now Hashem has brought us close. And we dealt with the overall benefits of what the servitude in Egypt provided for us. That was yesterday's topic. And really, yesterday's class and today, the next two sections provide a trilogy that flow one right into the other. So yesterday we mentioned that since the Jews were so tainted by idol worship, they required to go through a purification process that happened in Egypt. And that's why we start with the uh, the gnus, we start with the uh, negative aspect of where the Jews were at to appreciate that not just the redemption is what we appreciate Hashem for, but even the suffering that happened in Egypt was a purification for us. That was yesterday. So now we begin with the next section, which says, Baruch Shomer Yisrael. Blessed is the guardian of his promise to the Jews. Baruch Blessed is he. What are we talking about? We will see. And then it says, For Hashem thought about the end of the servitude. What is this referring to? Lasos to do, to do which he said to Avram at the covenant between the parts. Okay, before the Jews went down to Egypt, when Avram was 70 years old, Hashem made a covenant with Avram. And he said he will give the land of Israel to his children, etc., etc. And when Avram said, how do I know? Hashem says, Yodoa teda, you will surely know. Ki your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not to them. Vavadum, and they will enslave them. Vinuosam, and make them suffer. Arba meoshana, 400 years. And also the nation that puts them in servitude, which is Egypt. I will judge them. And then the Jews will go out with a great wealth. So this is the great promise. The bris bain of the covenant between the parts that Hashem made with Avram 400 years before the Jews left with Egypt. So in this paragraph, we're saying, blessed is God who kept his promise. That's what he's saying. He made a promise and he kept it. So the commentary asks two questions to begin with. First of all, there's two clauses in the beginning. Blessed is the creator of God who kept his promise. And then it says, for God considered the end. So that's really the same thing, isn't it? He kept his, say he kept his promise. If I make a promise to you, and I keep it, so I kept my promise. What do we have to add? And he was thinking about the end. <laughs> like, what? it doesn't seem to add anything. And more, what was, what was he thinking about? And who cares about what he was thinking? The main thing is he redeems us. If you look at the sentence, it's basically saying, we bless God that he kept his word. That's all. We bless God that he kept his word. What do you care if he's thinking about it? Like, he kept his word. No 
and he was thinking about it. And also, there's another difficulty. Why does it say he was shomer? He guarded his word. It should have said, he fulfilled his word. When you make a promise, you don't guard it, you fulfill it. And let's think about this. What's the great praise for someone to keep their word? If we're talking about a politician, I understand. There's what to praise. We're talking about God Almighty. Oh, God, you know, we, we, we're so happy that you kept your word. Oh. As if there's any doubt. These are all difficult questions to understand this paragraph. And the Tzadik explains us with a little moshe. Let's say, let's say somebody is, a friend of yours is in a lot of financial trouble. And he says, you know, in another year or two, I'm going to go under. I see the way it's going, and I can hang on for a little while, but in about two years, I'm going to go under, and I'm going to need big help at that time. So his friend says, don't worry. When the time comes, I will help you. He's an honest guy. When the time comes, I will help you. Okay, so now the guy who's promising is he going to forget about it and not think about it till two years later? Well, a good guy here. We're not talking about... Hey, what's going on? Is there an attack in the background there, Shlomo? <laughs> okay, we're talking about a, a good guy. So he'll try to figure out, okay, what exactly, how much liquidity should I have? How much this should I have? I want to make sure that things are going to work out. He's going to think about it a little bit. Not every day, but he's going to, from time to time, when he, when somebody's going to say, oh, you know, there's a big uh, financial opportunity. It's going to start two years from now. He said, well, I don't know if I can spread myself so thin because I already committed to the other guy. He's going to think about it. Now, what if the person, let's change the scenario a little bit. Let's say there's a guy in trouble, but instead of going to his friend, he goes to the king of the country. And the king of the country says, okay, when the time comes, I'll take care of it. Now, is the king going to have to think about it every day? He doesn't got nothing to worry about because whatever he wants at any time, he could do it within a second. He says, you need it now? No, I don't need it now. Okay, so let me know when you need it and I'll take care of it. And one day the king could take care of everything. Okay. But... What would be if the king wants to tell the guy that I care about you? So then, if he really wants to show the guy that he cares about him, he will think about it during the time a little bit. He'll send him a letter three months later and say, you know, I, I just want to remind you that I'll, I'll take care of you. And, uh, you know, maybe do the following this and this now till we get to that time. Now, even though the king doesn't have to do that, but, you know, sometimes, even though some promises are going to do something for you, and even though it's the king, but maybe he's going to forget about you. Or maybe he'll do it, but the king's doing because he said he'll do it. But, but I don't know the king really loves me. So the king will remind him, he says, you know, I didn't forget the promise and I'm going to do the promise. 
and uh, you know, and he may even give some suggestions and say, I've already done certain things. You know, the king doesn't have to do it, but he wants to show the person that he really cares about this. And therefore, when the person gets taken care of, he really is going to thank that king for two things. For number one, for keeping his promise, but for keeping the guy in good spirits the whole time until the promise was kept. That's the second thing. Don't we, if somebody says they're going to help you, no matter how honest they are, don't we have anxiety until he helps us? So he's trying to calm down that anxiety before that time comes. Because sometimes it's not the problem that will do you in, it's the anxiety that you have until the problem gets resolved that will do you in. And therefore, even though the most honest person is saying he'll take care of you, and even if he's a king, but at the end of the day, anxiety is anxiety. Anxiety doesn't need to be logical. But a pat on the shoulder every once in a while says, don't worry, I got your back, I got your back, don't worry. Oh, he's still thinking about me. As a matter of fact, I heard somebody was saying something bad about you that you're going to collapse in a year and a half. And I told him, no, that's not true. He says, wow, you did that for me? Yeah, because I don't want you to be anxious about this. So now let's think of the king of all kings, the Almighty. Okay. Yes. So, Rabbi, uh, I have a similar situation. Now, for instance, if uh, Bill Gates gives a check for $1 million to you and tell you, are you worried for the check? The check will be cashed or you are confident that check will cash? I'm confident the check will be cashed. I'm not exactly sure what your question is, though. Yes, that is that, that is exactly. So my question is that we know Hashem has Hashem is going to take us out. So but we're not talking are, about it. We're, we're not talking about a check today. Of course, we know Hashem is going to take us out, but anxiety is not logical. Okay, is anxiety logical? Right? It's not logical. Many of us should believe in Hashem, but anxiety goes beyond this. So Hashem, Hashem promised us. So He promised us there's nothing to worry about it. Right? But if God is the one who's, He's, he's, he's thinking about it. And during the whole time, there's all kinds of things that can happen. And we say on a mystical level, level even Hashem's just thinking about it makes an impact and creates a uh, favorable environment in so many ways. As he will now is going to explain in another aspect, as we'll get to this, you'll see where we're, this is heading. So what about this fact that it didn't say Hashem keeps his word, but Hashem guards his word? And he says, what's the big deal if Hashem keeps his promise? So we already explained last week in the when the uh, Torah says that uh, uh, it says that Hashem is a merciful God, He will not weaken His grip on you, and He will not allow you to be destroyed. And we explained last week that there's two problems in the exile. exile problem number one is the non-Jews can kill us. Number two, we can be assimilated. And Hashem says, "I will not leave you. I'll not weaken you." I'm going to be with you in all counts, 
even though you're the one sheep among 70 wolves, I will take care of you. We see even Yaakov Avinu, when he was running away from Esau and he had the dream of the ladder, and Hashem said, I'm going to protect you. But when he, but when he met Esau later, 22 years later, he was afraid when Esau came. Why? God said he'd protect him. The answer maybe I sinned and I don't deserve protection anymore. That promise was a good promise 22 years ago when I was at Tzaddik. Everyone would love him for 22 years. Maybe I've lost my level and don't deserve the promise. So now when we talk about that Hashem is Shomer, it's not the fact that Hashem kept his promise. Let's figure it like this. God says, okay, we have a deal, Avram. Your children go down to slavery because they need to purify themselves. They got to extricate themselves from any taint of idol worship. And through the suffering, that will happen. And don't worry, I'm going to come. I'm going to come when the time is up and I'm going to get you out. What happened if the Jews decide to assimilate before the time is up? What if Paro somehow is able to destroy all the Jews before the time is up? In other words, I said, I said it's 400 years. So the day before the 400th year, I'll take you out. Okay, now, just like the, the guy said, I'm going to help my friend out. I'll, I'll bail him out when he needs it. What if the guy got so desperate he committed suicide before? What if the guy was so desperate he blew so much money that now there's even nothing to save? You come, here's the check. Oh, I already sold the company. Why didn't you tell me? I can keep my word, but I have to watch my word. Baruch Shemer have taught us all. He was watching the word. Was been watching the word, making sure that the that the, the 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 events that would transpire would make sure that he still will be able to keep his word. That meant there was constant attention Hashem was giving to the situation over here. And therefore, when Hashem said you're going to be slaves in Egypt. But you know what? So we could say, okay, I'll be there for you. But if you guys aren't there for me, then that's not my fault. Now, during the Egyptian slavery, they knew what their job was. Stay good and loyal Jews. It wasn't easy. And here's the point. What happened as time passed? Did they really go out after 400 years of slavery? No, they left after 210. Why? Because Hashem saw they weren't going to make it by the end of the 400 years. By year 210, he said, they ain't going to make it. I'm being okay on my part. I'll come 40 years from now to take them out, but there'll be nobody to take out. Well, that's all Hashem promised. Why does he have to do more than that? No, 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 no. Hashem's thinking about us. He's thinking. And that we ask, what is the help of Hashem thinks about the end? Just save us. The answer is, if he isn't thinking, there may be nobody to save. A lot of times, okay, I'll help you, I'll help you, help you. But do you go to the point and say, I'm going to help you? I'm going to make sure, you know, that reminds me of a story. And I cannot remember which Rebbe was with. I only remember the son, who was the Chortka of a Rebbe. I, I think it was Rebbe Yisrael of Rushin. I couldn't make a mistake. I'm not good at remembering. Anyway, there's a great Hasidish Rebbe, and he had a son, a very precocious son, who would become the church Rebbe. And there was, uh, people were waiting in line to see the father, to get a bracha. And this guy's waiting a long time, and the, the younger son, who was a young, he was a child, he wasn't even, a, you know, not even an adult. He, he starts talking to people, and he tells them all his promises. Oh yeah, you really got a problem. 
So, you know, make sure that when my father gives you a bracha, make sure he gives you a special bracha. So, okay. So the guy gets his turn. He goes in. He comes out. So now the younger fellow says, what did my dad say? He said, Hashem should help me. That's it? Go back in line and say one a better bracha. Okay? He goes back in line, waits another two hours. He sees him, comes back. So what did my father say now? He said, Hashem should help me until Hashem will help me. Oh, that's a bracha. You understand? Hashem may help me a year from now. But how do you know I'm going to be around a year from now? How about the anxiety is going to destroy me? So Hashem should help you until he helps you. And this is what it's saying over here. Blessed is the one who is Shomer HaVtok Asol. Hashem guarded his promise. What does it mean? It's not he fulfilled his promise. There's no question about him fulfilling a promise. But to go a step further and guard the promise? Well, why is he guarding the promise? Because if I don't guard the promise, says God, I may not be able to fulfill the promise. Not because I'm not going to fulfill it. They won't be around for me to fulfill it. And that's what it means that Hashem considered the end. He considered the end being to say, he's got to consider that there's got to be an end. And we know the word kates is numerical value of what? Kuf is 100, Tzadi is 90, is 190. And the original plan of 400 was reduced to 210. Hashem took off 190. So Hashem was saying, I must keep this promise. And more than keep this promise. I must guard the environment so that the promise will come true. Remember, they had to go down to Egypt. They had to be purified. But being purified needed a certain amount. And guess what? They weren't there long enough. So God could say, okay, listen, you guys didn't cut it. I'm sorry. You didn't keep your end of the bargain. You were supposed to stay Jews till 400 years. You didn't. So what do you want from me? He said, no, no, I made a promise. It has to be. But the Jews aren't worthy. It doesn't matter. It has to be. And therefore, God creates certain situations, such as the miraculous salvation of Moshe. If you look at the entire story, it makes no sense. How Moshe, first of all, survives in the basket. And how the, just as he's thrown in, the daughter of Paro wants to convert to Judaism. Now, a normal thing said he was to put in the water, he should have died. At that moment, the daughter of Paro wants to convert and takes him in. And the child won't nurse, so they give him back to his birth mother to nurse him. And then he's brought back to the palace. And in the palace, Paro allows him to live. And all the different things, when they finally, he killed an Egyptian, and then they give Moshe the guillotine, his head turns to marble. All these things, why is Because God is Shomer HaVtokasol. He's saying, I got to do all these things to make sure that Moshe's around, because we're going to need him 80 years later to take the Jews out. And all the things that are going on, Hashem, Hashem has made this promise, and a promise is a promise. Well, that gives us a deeper insight what it means to give your word. If you say, I will help you out, you got to, as they say, you got to help him until you help him. That's what Hashem does. He helps us until he helps us. And that's why we have all that um, praise for Hashem. 
And therefore, sometimes, let's say, you lend money to a guy. There's two types of guys who lend. What if you lend money to the guy? It's time to pay up. The guy doesn't have enough. So you ask him, so what do you have? I got maybe 10%. Give me the 10% and we'll, and we'll call it a day. Because at least you, you paid something back. It wasn't like you just, you know, didn't care. While another person say, all you have is 10%. I'll take the 10% and I will throw you in jail till you pay me the rest. Or you're going to be my slave to pay the rest. Hashem was happy that, you know what? They were able to pay something. And therefore, that's the idea of Shomer. And, and because the slavery was so hard, Hashem says, you know, the Egyptians have been awfully hard, especially the last six months before the Jews, the plagues happened, the Egyptians gave them even worse. So Hashem said, you know, you've been paying, you've been paying a high price. You know, you have ways. If you want to reduce um, payments, you, it's always within your ways to do this. And this is the beautiful thing that Hashem did for us. And that's the idea of being the Shomer Haftachaso, to guard the promise. And that's more than what he promised. With no question, would keep his word. But to go beyond keeping his word, to, to helping us until he helped us, that's the point of this verse over here. Which now leads us to the next point, which is the next part of the Haggadah. And this flows with, see how the first section said we had to go to Egypt to correct the the, the taint that we had. That's why this had to be. That was all part. And Hashem promised, I'll make sure they get out. They'll suffer, but they'll still be around. Okay, it was only 20%, not 80%, but still the Jewish people were around. Remember, 80% chose not to be saved. But they were, I made sure to be enough that we'll be saved. And now we, we thank Him that he, he ensured that the promise was kept to help us until he helps us. And now we move on to the third one. When we pick up the glass of wine and we sing, And this has what has stood up for our fathers and for us. The question is, what is Vehi and this? What is the this? This has stood up. Simple meaning is what we just said in the last paragraph. The promise. The Brisbane of the song, the promise that God made to Abram, that has stood up for our fathers. Because if it wasn't for the promise, we'd be out of business. But then it says, for our fathers, and for us. That's a strange thing. Who did Hashem promise to? Avram. What was the promise? Exactly. You'll be slaves, you shouldn't be slaves for any years. I'll get you out. And I'll take you out with a great, a great wealth. Okay, when did God's part of the deal end? When he took us out of Egypt, and we'll say a little more, gave us the Torah sign. We can even say more, and took us to Israel. That's like the complete picture. Okay, would you say that God kept his word to all opinions? Yes. Now, what happens if the Jews mess up again? Has God given any more promises? No. It was just this promise. So why did this promise stand up? I understand for our fathers. What about for us? Where's the promise for us? Shalom echad bilvad. Not only one, Omar al stood against us to destroy us. 
But in each and every generation, they stand up against us to destroy us. And Hashem saves us from their hands. So the question, the main question is, well, I don't understand. The promise was just for one thing. That's finished. How has that helped us from all the other situations that we have found out ourselves throughout history? This is a very strong question. So the tzaddik here comes up with a brilliant answer. He says, let's reframe what's the vehi, it. The civil being is the promise. It's true, but it's more. It's the, it's the part of that Baruch, blessed is the one, who shomer havtoch asol Yisrael, who watched the promise that Hashem made, and that at the end it says, Shakodesh Baruch Hu chishev that Hashem can thought about the end. And it's not going on the promise, it's about the thinking about it until the end. It's not that Hashem will help you, but that Hashem will help you until He helps you. It's that part. Not that He kept His word, but that it'll help you until he helps you and he considers the end, he considers everything that's going on until the end is so he can keep the promise. And guess what? That has happened also for future generations. Because even though we're in the Gullus and it appears that God's supervision of us is a little bit off, but still, he has made many promises. In other words, is this the only promise Hashem ever made to the Jewish people was to Avram? Well, you have to know a little bit more of the Torah. This is not. This is the first promise made. But if we see how Hashem dealt with the first promise, how do you think He's going to deal with other promises He makes later on in the Torah that are not specifically mentioned in the Haggadah? For example, it says in the book of Dvarim, chapter 30, it says about all the terrible things the Jews are going to get themselves in trouble. They're going to sit in there in the exile. And then God writes, He says, and then you will return to, and then Hashem will return your from captivity. And He'll have mercy on you and you'll come back and He'll gather you from all the nations to which you have been spread around. Which is telling us that's a prophecy about the future redemption of the Messianic redemption. At the end of the Chumash, Hashem says, there's going to be a lot of trouble before the Mashiach comes. You're going to be in a big, you're going to be all over the place. And I promise I will gather you together. And that's what the Rambam says in Hilchus HaMalochim. The Rambam says, he says, the Messianic king is going to stand up and return the kingdom of David to the old way it was, to the original kingdom. He will build the Beis Amigdash. He will gather all the Jews that are scattered about, not just physically, but religiously. And we're going to get back to all the laws that used to be when we had our own commonwealth. We will bring the Korbanos. And we will keep the mitzvah of Shemitah. We'll keep the mitzvah of Yovel. We'll keep all the mitzvahs of the Torah. And anyone who does not believe this or does not await this, not only is he denying the other prophets, he's denying the Torah of Moshe that he gave it because the Torah tells us the words as I just told you two minutes ago. And that's including everything. That's what the Rambam says. 
And the Sefer Mitzvah Hakotan says, and therefore what the rabbis say in Mesecha Shabbos, they will ask a person after he dies a number of questions. And one of the questions is, were you yearning for the redemption? And the question is, where is that mitzvah said? Where does it say there's going to be a redemption? But we see it means that just like we have to believe like Hashem took us out of Egypt, when the first commandment says, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I'm the Lord who took you out of Egypt. And therefore, what is Hashem saying? That just like you have to believe that I took you out of Egypt, you have also believed that I will take you out from the final exile and bring the redemption and redeem you a second time, as it says in the end of Save for Dvorim. And this promise, as we say, we're going to say to Mincha now, you remember the kindness of the patriarchs, you're going to bring the Redeemer in his, for his, to redeem them in his name. So we say this right, we say the merit of the fathers by the redemption. So even though the merit of the fathers may be done, and the promise that Hashem made to the fathers is finished, but inherent as that is, listen, I don't want to have a chosen people to be around for 500 years and then be finished. As we said in the first class, Hashem has a vested interest in us. He took us out of Egypt in the most miraculous way. To show the world that the Jews are my ambassadors to the world. And if they ever get annihilated, it's the greatest desecration of God's name. So Hashem has eternal skin in the game. And therefore we understand exactly. It's this idea of Hashem watching over us during every difficult time. Yes, it happened by Avram, but that was not the only time. The author of Agora is assuming you know a little bit more Torah. And you've heard about other promises. And Hashem, the way Hashem kept the promise to Avram, that's the way he keeps the, pro the promise to us now. And we have to know that Hashem is not going to just say, well, when year 6,000 comes, if any of you are around, fine. And if not, that's not my problem. Hashem will manipulate world history, as he's done so many times, to make sure that not only am I going to keep the promise, I'm going to keep, I'm going to help you until I help you. Because there's a lot of that taint we still have to get rid of. Remember, there was a golden calf after we left Egypt. There was a set of spies after we left <clears throat> Egypt. The taint came back. And we deserved so many times to get annihilated. Some said, no, no, I'm going to bring circumstance that I'll punish you a little bit. You're still going to be okay. You're still going to hang out. And that's been the story of 3,000 years, keeping a promise. Hashem has been focusing on that promise for 3,330 years. The next promise. And you see how much he's been shomer, he's been guarding that. And therefore, that's what we're saying now at Agoda. Not only one time they want this right, every generation, and still HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps us from this. So it just flows one into the other. This is not an old story. This Exodus of Egypt is not only an old story. It's a continuous story. And exactly what Hashem did, and that's what we're talking about at that but a night, it doesn't hurt to say, okay, how do we see this in other generations? How do you see this with your grandmother? Where somehow Hashem was helping her until he helped her. And all of us, we all need our own personal redemption. How am I going to be helped? 
You have to remember, it's not Hashem says, okay, I'll come in two years when you need the help. I'm going to help you every moment to make sure. And that's what keeps us going. And that's where we raise that something to toast. Mamish, to toast HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we are part of this ancient story that's happening today and continuously helping. There's a second interpretation. We're out of time. We'll have to leave it for that. Okay.